I'm Melissa. And I'm Bailey. Welcome to All Girls Considered, a podcast dedicated to telling the stories of inspiring women and girls. Today we are speaking with Mrs. Burrett, the choir director at Leander Middle School in Leander, Texas. Welcome. Thanks for having me, ladies. You're the director of the choir at Leander Middle School. What inspired you to be a middle school choir teacher? Actually, I was inspired by my high school choir director. Um, my middle school choir experience was very different from what you have. First of all, it was a long, <laughs> long time ago. Um, and we mostly just listened to recordings and sang along with them. But I had an incredible high school choir director. He had so much knowledge. Um, and I just, I really thought he was like a perfect human being. <laughs> and um, I took tons and tons of classes from him. So not just choir. I took four years of choir with him, but also music theory and music history. And we did musicals. And um, it was then that I really just became passionate about it and realized that that was the only thing I really wanted to do for a living. Um, and then straight out of college, to be honest, um, I still looked sort of young then. And so I got mistaken for a high school student, so I didn't want to teach high school right away. And I realized really quickly that I sort of had the same humor as middle school people, and I never really matured past the age of 12. So <laughs> middle school was the right thing for me. So that's how I ended up in middle school choir. Have you ever doubted your ability to sing? Yes, every single time I've ever had a performance, I doubt it. Um, and there is always, always someone better. There's always someone stronger. There's someone who can sing higher. But the reality is there's only one you. So what I realized along the way was that I was not necessarily the best at everything, but I was pretty solid at a lot of little things. So I was great at singing backup harmonies, or I was great at learning music fast. And um, instead of being jealous of the people that I would hear that I felt were a lot better than me, I realized that the world didn't really need another one of them. The world needs lots of different things. And so I figured out that my little niche in the world was to be pretty solid at lots of weird things. Um, but even with that, I still occasionally get asked to sing by myself, like at the Christmas pep rally. Oh my gosh, uh, I love that Kohler. so much. That was um, beautiful. And to be honest, that was the most nervous I have been in 20 years was to sing in front of you guys because your opinion matters more to me probably than anybody else. But I get nervous every time and you just have to do it anyway. So how has music helped you overcome any obstacles? Um, well, to be honest, I um, struggled with some um, an anxiety disorder after having my children. I have three kids. And um, so I experienced some anxiety and depression from that. And I definitely found that music healed me. I did a lot of reading and a lot of listening to music and different kinds of music helped me in different ways. So if I was really anxious, then I could listen to some classical music or some pretty choir music or even just like a happy soundtrack to a movie and it would calm me down. And if I'm feeling kind of sad or down or low, then I put on some like Bruno Mars or Ed Sheeran or something a little <laughs> bit more rockin' and it, it peps me up. And studies have shown that music literally changes your brain waves. So music has been the thing that has gotten me through some of the darkest times. Um, so I don't know where I'd be without it, honestly. 
what type of music do you listen to and like I know how it helps you but like where do you find the music that helps you at um that's a really good question I listen to lots of different kinds of music and depending on my mood um what's been really great so I have a daughter who's 19 and she's probably my biggest inspiration for music right now because she's a musical theater major in Philadelphia Pennsylvania at an art school and um, she has fantastic taste in music, which she did not get from me. She got it from her dad, <laughs> totally. And so my husband and my daughter just have this great taste in music. So I basically like stalk their Spotify playlists. <laughs> and that's how I discovered Hamilton. I was super obsessed with the Hamilton soundtrack for a while, the musical Hamilton. I'm currently obsessed with the soundtrack to La La Land. Um, but whatever is whatever's on their playlist at the time, that seems to be where I find it. I sort of get burned out on holiday music really fast, so January is always a tough time. Come January, I'm always jonesing for some new music, um, and that's when I, I hit the, you know, check it out on Spotify or iTunes or something like that. Have you ever did a performance in middle school? I did do, oh my heavens, yes, I did one in middle school. <laughs> like all by yourself? Yes! <laughs> Um, do you want to hear about it? They were really horrible. Uh, they're, but, but, but fun. There, there are two, I remember. Um, one, I, it was around middle school that I figured out that maybe I could sing, like, kind of okay. And so um, my middle school choir teacher was like, we're going to have Kristen sing everything. And so I sang, like, the theme song from Fame at an assembly. And I just remember the faces of everyone staring at me and being just like mortified um but it was okay i mean it went all right it was experience but my my eighth grade year oh this is such a good story my eighth, <laughs> my eighth grade year i i finally got to quote date the boy that i had loved since i was like four years old oh. and he was a singer and a dancer too and we were both in the talent show and um, I sang and tap danced this 42nd Street. And I remember he, um, he danced like to People Are People by Depeche Mode, shout out to people from the 80s. He danced to Depeche Mode and I watched and then he was so amazing and I was so in love and I couldn't wait to go on. And so um, he was standing backstage while I went out and like did my little, I didn't tap dance. I don't know why I thought I could tap dance, but I was singing 42nd Street and tap dancing. And um, when I came off backstage, he kissed me. That was my first kiss. Aww, that is so it was cute. Com completely appropriate in every way. <laughs> Did you end up marrying that boy? No, but to this day, my grandmother asked me about him. Actually, okay, but that was eighth grade, our senior year. We were, um, we were cast opposite each other in leads in the musical, and in that musical, we got married. So yes, I married that boy <laughs> in my senior year, but my husband is way cuter and more talented and amazing, so I don't know. If you could be in the car with any celebrity for carpool karaoke, who would it be? And why? Yeah. Oh, that's a tough one. Okay, well, I love me some Adele, because okay. Adele is like rockin'. She's like, that was my really bad British accent. I think Adele is, she's just so funny and humble. 
and she would make me laugh and I would like sing my heart out and I don't think she would judge me. So I think Adele would probably be my first choice. Um, gosh, that's someone that pops into my head. But I'm also really fascinated by Lady Gaga because she is super talented. Like she can sing classical music and play classical piano, but she scares me a lot. So I might avoid that. Okay, here's my, if it really could truly be anyone, it would be Ewan McGregor because my favorite movie of all time is Moulin Rouge. And when he sings in that movie, I die a little bit. And he also looks a little bit like my husband. So it's okay to have that celebrity crush. <laughs> and so I would want to sing duets from Moulin Rouge with Ewan McGregor. There we go. How was your idea of a hero changed from when you were little? Oh my goodness. When I was little, I think heroes were just, they were more the idea of famous people to me. So it was people you heard about on TV or in the newspapers back in the day when it was more newspapers and we didn't have the internet. Um, now, to me, heroes are everywhere and heroes are people who persevere. Like anyone who, and that, so that can be a kid, that can be my own kids. I'm completely inspired by my own children all the time. Anybody who comes up against something that's a little bit tough and comes through it to the other side and then especially if they turn around and tell someone else that, because telling your story to someone else is how you give them the courage to get through it, that to me is a hero. And they're, and they're everywhere. So I used to think they were only like famous people, but now I think they're everywhere and all ages. Does your heroes change? Yes, I have new ones every day. What are five words you could use to describe yourself? <laughs> Five. Oh, pale, <laughs> noisy, fiery, mm. sensitive. That's four. Sensitive and fun. I'm going to go with fun. I, I think I'm fun. What strategies do you use to help your students be successful? Honestly, it's about trying to have them see what I see. So I struggle a lot with, I, I, let me say, I've taught in several states and Texas can be pretty intense when it comes to teaching music. They have very, very specific things they want us to, to accomplish and sometimes I feel like that can get in the way a little bit of, um, of what I really want to bring out of the students, which is, which is their own confidence. Um, but it's important, I try and find a way every week even if it's on karaoke Fridays, to have that conversation with a person if I see something. You know, if you see a spark in them, if you see um, something special, or maybe it's not even special, maybe it's somebody that's been quiet all the time and then all of a sudden that day you notice they're really engaged and singing and trying. I think taking the time to tell a person that you notice and you see them can be super inspiring. What makes you smile the most? My kids, my children. Liam, especially, I have to say, my 12-year-old who's here at LMS, he, um, he's sort of a, he's a, a miracle baby um, in that I didn't think I would have any more children. So, and he was a big surprise, the best surprise ever. And so I really literally feel like he was God's little present to me because he's very sensitive. Um, to me and my feelings, and he always manages to say the funniest things at the funniest moment and keep me laughing and smiling. And so 
if I have the worst day, I know as soon as I get in the room with that kid, I'm going to be fine and happy and laugh. What is the biggest mistake you've ever made, and how did you learn from it? Biggest mistake? Boy, I made so many. <laughs> um, I think... The biggest mistake would probably be when I first got into teaching, which was a long time ago, um, and just trying to do too much at once. I think I had these great teachers, and I had already mentioned to you about my high school choir director, who I thought was like an amazing person. And so I, I started out right out of the gate at... 22 years old thinking I wanted to be exactly like him and I would do everything exactly like him and and thinking that I knew everything already and you don't know what you don't know until you realize you don't know it and <laughs> I didn't know it and I really struggled through that first year um, so if I could go back to my younger self I would just say baby steps like don't try and do everything at once don't try to be perfect, and that the best thing you can do for your students is to be honest. So to this day, I uh, try really, really hard to be really honest with my students. So if I mess up in class, I'll be the first person to point it out. If they point it out to me, I'm not the least bit irritated by it because I think showing that we're human and flawed our whole lives is what makes us relatable and um, makes people more willing to trust us and believe us. But I definitely thought I was all that in the beginning, and I found out really quick I was not all that. What advice would you give to your middle school self? I wish I had been kinder to myself about the way that I looked, honestly. Um, I would say things have changed a little bit, but um, I almost felt like I had this weird, like, reverse racism thing because I was even though I lived up north too um, where there are, tends to be more lighter skinned people I was so so fair I got called albino all the time or buck teeth or people would make fun of my freckles or I was curvy so people would say things about that things about my lips I mean you name it people said mean things about it um, and so I really completely hated the way I looked when I was your age, when I was in middle school. And I look back now and think that, um, you know, I hate that I was so wrapped up on that, that I spent so much time, that I spent so much time being sad about it um, when really I was just fine, you know? So if I could change that, I, I think I would go back and just say, take it easy. You're, you're not as hideous. You're not the hideous monster that you think you are or that people say you are. What would you say to those people who hurt you? I would say I forgive you. It's funny because I had something happen literally just last night where someone that I have a lot of respect for, I found out, had hurt someone in my life. And so at first I was immediately angry and over the years, I could think back on things when I was your age and in high school where people really hurt me. Um, and I'm quick to anger. I'm definitely fiery. My hair matches my fiery temper. Um, but ultimately, once the anger kind of flares, the best thing you can do for yourself is to try and find forgiveness. So 
when I was finally able to calm down, the first thing I texted to that person last night was, I forgive you. Because, um, you know, they say holding on to resentment and anger is drinking the poison and expecting the other person to die. I don't know if you've ever heard that saying, but there's a saying that, that when you hold on to resentment or anger, that that's what it is. It's like you drink the poison, but you expect them to die. And um, when you can give forgiveness, you can move on, and sometimes it helps them to move on too. What do you do when you get stressed about things that you can't change? That's a really good question too. Well, first of all, I have to ask myself straight up, can I change it? Is it something I can change? Because if it's not, then I need to let it go. And I will say, as I've gotten older, I've gotten better at deciding what's really important and what's not. Um, so I am a big fan of reading a good book and taking hot baths um, and going for walks and snuggling my dog. Um, and eating good food um, to try and just get back to what's really important. Um, and there's a saying in my house, in, it's not life or death. Because most of the things that we get really, really stressed out about literally are not life or death. Now, for some people, and some people even here at our school probably, some things are life or death. And that's when it's worthy of your attention. And that's when it's worthy of finding other people to help you because nobody should ever try and handle anything that big by themselves. But if it's not, if it's not life altering, then you just, you let it go and you take a good bath. And I like a lot of Modern Family. Modern Family makes me laugh and that cheers me up too. What advice would you give to young women listening to this podcast? My advice is that every single person has something special to give. And so figure out what that is. And it's okay if it takes you a while to figure it out. My, my own personal belief system is that we were all created like this beautiful tapestry so that no two people are alike and each person has their own thing. So figure out what you're passionate about. Figure out what makes you really happy and then embrace that. Don't try and be something you're not. I mean, I would really love to be Sofia Vergara and be Colombian and gorgeous and curvy like that, but I'm never ever gonna look like that. So I have learned to embrace what I look like and who I am and what my job is and just to be happy. Like that's who I am, that's my role, and that's okay. And my voice just cracked like I had puberty or something. <laughs> Thank you, Ms. Burr. We had a fun time having you yeah, here. Yeah, thank you so much. Well, thanks for having me. Great questions.